Welcome, everyone, to the very first uh, podcast of the uh, professionals, the inside professionals. Uh, we'll just do a little roll call, I think. That'd be pretty good. So I'm Brandon Curry, uh, Sunlight Financial. Uh, and to my right, Josh Bond, uh, Flett Picario, lawyer. Jeff Collins, Royal Page NRC Realty. Trevor Lindy, uh, independent mortgage broker. So uh, thanks, everyone, who sent in all your We got a ton of questions. I think yeah, we got like great. 19 Lots. or something like that. It was something crazy. Uh, but uh, so we all put everyone's names in a hat. And so we just want to say congratulations to Ashley Carrier. You are the winner of our two bottles of wine or movie passes, uh, whichever one you wish. Um, so thanks Future very much. All of us too, right? I know. Yeah, like, this is going to be great. So it's phenomenal. Full, uh, full um, but uh, so please, everyone, if, th- if throughout this podcast uh, you have any questions at all, you can uh, tweet us, Facebook us, LinkedIn us uh, at all of our contact details that are at the bottom of this page. Josh, do you even have Facebook or Twitter? I do not have Facebook or Twitter. I do have a LinkedIn account. Okay, so for everyone, but except for Josh, it's a LinkedIn account because he's special. <laughs> and if you miss this too, feel free to add a question later on because we'll be doing this on a regular basis. Yeah. Hopefully, if it's, if it's good, Yeah, we think it will be. Um, so let's get to the questions. Uh, you got any questions there written down there somewhere? Uh, I think or? one of the first questions, which is a good time of year to ask it, is if you're going to invest at tax time of year, what's the difference between an RSP and a TFSA? And Brandon would be the person to answer that. Yeah, that's a really great question. So, I mean, it all really depends. So I think the the, the big thing that people have to realize is what, what are the differences? So a, t- a TFSA stands for a tax-free savings account. Um, and what that means is, is that you invest after-tax dollars into this account and anything that you invest in could be stocks, can be bonds, uh, can be mutual funds, um, ETFs, you name it. Um, Any growth on that money is completely tax-free. So right now, as as long as you were 18 in 2009, uh, the government automatically grants you money in tax-free savings account room every year. And that max limit for someone that was at least 18 in 2009 is 57,500. And it's essentially, except for one year, where it was a $10,000 bonus or grant, um, it's now $5,500 a year linked to inflation. Okay. And, but when you take out that money, it's like a savings account. You don't get taxed on it, doesn't matter. You can take it out whenever you please, whatever, and you can invest in whatever you want. Is it instantaneous if you take it out? Yeah, essentially, yeah, it's instantaneous. Okay. It's like it's so all you in ATM, put in a, a card. If you're with the bank and okay. you have it linked up to your debit card, okay. yes, but if you have it with myself, I ETF it right to your bank account. Okay. So I literally transfer it right to your bank account and it appears within, well, it's just, it's banking. It's, it's so in my case, if I got money sitting there doing nothing in a checking account, it's better be sitting in a TFSA. Doing something. To make something. Yeah. And yeah. not costing me any, any income. That's right. And okay. then literally you need it the next day and just transfer it within one to two business days. And um, that yearly maximum, is that, is that? Does that compound, or can you carry it forward? To- yeah. So basically, if you were, you know, born and you know, if you're 18 in 2009, and you've never opened a tax-free savings account, you open up with something like with one to me today, you automatically get that fifty-seven thousand five hundred dollars of room. So it's like RSPs. Yeah. It keeps growing with you. It keeps growing with you. Yeah. The only difference is with an RSP, is that um, so with a TFSA you get no tax receipt back, yeah. right? RSPs, it's directly correlated to your your previous year's taxable income plus any room that you have not used since you started filing your taxes. Um, that uh, that amount, if you ever want to know, uh, is on your notice of assessment. 
So here's a million dollar question. I got $25,000 to invest. Uh-huh. Which one do I buy? What's your tax bracket? Right. And that's, and, that, right. and it, it's really, it's an, it's an individual. That's what you call Brent. Yeah. That, yeah. So the first thing is, is that you really, you really, it, it's that individual question for people because I think I find a lot of people are budget conscious and budget tight right nowadays. Mm-hmm. So typically I'll tell people to do a tax-free savings account because if you ever need the money throughout the year, you can withdraw that money. And at the end of the year, if you don't need a certain portion of it, we can transfer it, do a registered sheltered transfer from your TFSA to your RSP and you can get the tax receipt. So the RSPs are kind of locked in where the TFSs are. Nothing's really locked in. You can get your money at any time. Your money. Your tax. Well, there's a, yeah, because you get a tax receipt. Yeah. So because you get that tax receipt from CRA, well, issued by Sun Life, um, and then you, you get it from, you get it taken off on your taxes on, at, at tax time. Um, when you go to withhold, withdraw money from your RSP, which you can, um, just for general purposes, I'm not using it for home buying yeah. as you know, Trevor, you know, for the home buyer's plan, that kind of stuff. I'm not saying that just general, I need cash. There is a withholding tax uh, withheld by a financial institution mm-hmm. and they remit it to CRA on your behalf. So, and that's usually anywhere from 10 to 20%, depending on the amount that you withdraw. And uh, yeah. So buying those two is basically case by case basis. It's a case by case okay. basis. Yeah. So that's interesting. Gonna, yeah, so uh, it's really a case, yeah, individually if you, on what you want to do. So And, and TFSAs are kind of fairly new as, as according to... So my personal opinion, uh, <clears throat> a tax-free savings account is the... Well, we never knew much about it in 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when it was introduced. That was, that's when it was introduced. Um, now we know, like, what it can do. Um, honestly, it is the most powerful vehicle for the everyday Canadian. Uh, tax-free savings account is far more powerful in my opinion um, because if if we're I can invest in the same things in an RSP and into TFSA so if I'm looking at both of them and I'm looking at someone who makes you know 40 50 grand a year mm-hmm. right they're not really going to benefit from an RSP tax receipt in the early years right yep. so if I'm going to invest in the exact same funds and do the invest exact same returns I'd rather personally be in a tax-free savings account. And the reason being is because by the time you retire, I know doing your financial plan, all of that money is tax-free. So you're gonna keep it all. You're gonna, I know that client is gonna keep all of that money. Yeah. Right, that, that's all their money. So if I've got a million bucks in a tax-free savings account, that money, all that million is all tax-free. Can you ever get to a million bucks in a tax-free oh savings account? Oh my God, account? yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you're at 55,000 max right now, so we're talking 20 years in, in the future yeah. at raising five, thousand a year approximately yeah right so now? we we've done we've we've ran illustrations and let's say hypothetically okay and this is just an asterisk for anyone that's listening a 30 year old walks in yep. and gives me fifty seven thousand five hundred dollars check because they just sold a house yeah right and i invest that money and every year they give me their max fifty five hundred dollars for this example there's no it that fifty five hundred dollars doesn't change and I get them, at, and I average at least six percent a year yep. on average until the time until for thirty years. By the time they're sixty, they'll have over a million dollars sitting in their tax-free savings account. Well, and you can if take I, it out without paying. Yeah, that's all tax-free yeah. money. Yeah. So then, whereas, <clears throat> so there, I know with a retirement plan, I'm sitting there going, okay, that person can do a million bucks. On the RSP, I know that that million dollars is taxed every time based on their marginal tax rate on the year that. So, so the money you make using the TFSA account that goes in there, you don't get taxed on either. So whatever it grows No, no, it's not. Anything in an RSP is 100% tax. No, no, in a TFSA, though. 
tax free. So say you make seven thousand dollars for somebody in their the TFSA the one year, so they have fifty seven thousand plus seven thousand. The example I like to use: if someone walked in with a tax free savings account, yeah. I, I hate Bitcoin, but if they <laughs> back in July when Bitcoin was a thousand dollars, and they walked in with fifty seven thousand dollars, and they said buy fifty seven thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin, and it jumped up to twenty thousand dollars a coin, mm-hmm. whatever that amount is, what's that? You know. $100,000 or $1 million, actually, it'd be $1 million. Bucks. Yeah. That, all of that, and they cashed out $1 million tax free. Okay. Oh, it was tax free. Because it used a tax free savings account. Okay. Okay. You're using your after tax dollars. You're using your after tax dollars. <clears throat> so that is how powerful a tax free savings account is. But I understand, stop me if I'm, I'm wrong, but on an RSP, it's a de- more of a de- deferred tax. Right? That's right. So an RSP is a, is a tax deferral vehicle. So that million dollars, in the same example with Bitcoin, the minute you withdraw it, let's you are taxed at the marginal tax rate in the year that you withdraw it. So if you take out seventy grand, your tax is if you made seventy thousand dollars that year of income. Of income, that's right. So it's great when you're lowering your income right now, but you'll great right. great for retirement. Yeah. Great for retirement, and not I not for liquidity. No, no, because liquidity, you're then yeah. That's, that's right. a whole different question. That's right? a whole different that's question. Yeah, we're not going to get there. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's All great. Right. Thanks, friend. No problem. Okay. So I think uh, next question would go up to Trevor Lindy. Uh, what are you moving away from me for? What, what, <laughs> what, what's better, uh, getting a mortgage at a bank or with a mortgage broker? And why would you do each? I So as a broker, I have access to a lot of different financial institutions that you can walk in off the street and go to. Uh, so the difference of coming and dealing with me is I become that one-stop shop there. They can meet with me. We can look, does it make sense to be with one of those banks? Does it make sense to be with another financial institution? Uh, various different lenders out there in the space. Uh, not every lender really is, um, is a bank there. There's model line <coughs> lenders like MCAP and first national, uh, two of the largest in the country and, uh, you know, dealing with a bank, you don't have access to them. So that's being the biggest difference. A broker is going to shop for you and and get you what's going to make uh, make the most so sense more for options, financial. more or less, right? So I got a, I got a question for you um, because I've heard this from a couple of clients. Okay, um, there's a couple of misconceptions out there for brokers, and you know, I, obviously, okay. I've dealt with you, and I know how you work, so uh, I've been able to edu- educate my clients. However, initially, I get a lot. Well, a bank can give me a better rate than a broker, or my bank rate. Um, it can be cheaper than a broker, a broker's rate. Can you address that, please? So very... Like, why is there that misconception? Why are people scared of brokers? <laughs> yeah, why, why, are you, why are people scared? Why are people scared of someone shopping around for them for yeah. free? It, it really is a... It's, been, it's an industry that's been around for years. So the, the question about, you know, being lower rates available at their bank, I very much a misconception just generally speaking maybe because that's something that the bank has told them in the past something that their family members have told them that no you know what the way you do it this is the way i always did it son they walk into a bank you know you take five five year fixed terms and your mortgage will be paid off in those 25 years as a, a broker you know to to name a couple of uh, of banks and credit unions i've got access to meridian credit union first ontario credit union for banks td and scotia bank and in all honesty, the rates that uh, TD Prime example, they will not compete from channel to channel. The rates that you're going to get at a TD branch are going to be identical to the rates that I can get. Uh, some other institutions will do, uh, depending on the volume of business that myself or my team is actually sending to that 
uh, that lender, they will sometimes even offer us greater discounts to be able to or come out with specials. Uh, Scotiabank right now, prime example, we've got three different specials available with them, whether it be an insured, uninsured, one of the cameras just went off. Sorry, <laughs> uh, probably Jill's, I think. I think oh, she's got the lowest record, record time. So anyways, uh, I was saying, you know, three specials right now with TD for an insured mortgage, an uninsured mortgage for variable rate, uh, and then also a, a fixed rate mortgage. So when you're saying that, that we working at Scotia Bank, basically you can use Scotia as if it was you working there or TD or... Absolutely. Like and, what banks and can the, you use? Because people and, think it's just, just a broker by itself. There's no banks involved at all. Yeah, no, so, and then the funny thing is, I had mentioned First National being a monoline lender, uh, their largest investor is TD Canada Trust. So when you're getting a First National mortgage, in a sense, you're kind of getting a TD mortgage. It is a different company, uh, but, you know, the, the ones backing it and the ones forking out the money is actually TD. Um, so, well, and, and I think, you know, in my personal experience too, like in why I've, I've, I've done business, you know, full disclosure, I've done business with you for personal stuff. And uh, the one thing that really ticked me off with the banks was that I had, you know, I had my personal mortgage with, with, uh, a, unst well, we won't name names, but a, a financial institution. And I, uh, I got a letter in the mail, mm -hmm. no phone call, no email. Nothing. In a like, high interest rate, they tried to, to get And just it. like literally a one-page uh, letter. Yeah. And just uh, thank you for your mortgage. Your mortgage is up for renewal. Uh, check a box and send it back. And I'm sitting here going, this is my biggest purchase. Like, yeah. I don't get any love, any... And I literally had everything with that financial institution. Yeah. Um, you want to address that? Like, why is that the practice, case? Like, yeah. why do I get... Why do they shoot high? So the crazy part, crazy statistic right now is... 47% of all Canadian mortgages are up for renewal this year. So wow. that it's a stat. I don't know where I didn't bother looking into where the stat actually came from. This is what all the financial institutions are sharing with us. Mm -hmm. The default insurers are sharing with us that, you know what, 47% of all mortgages are up for renewal. And I, I think a lot of those lenders are preying on the fact that you're just going to sign the renewal, send it back to them. You know, are they very competitive on the rate? No, in, in a lot of cases they're not. The, you know, we as brokers, we are all out there saying, you know what, pick up the phone, give us a call, talk to us before you sign the renewal offer. Save and money, back, less, right? right? Potentially. And uh, the way I am with clients is I'm, I'm adamant with them that at the end of the day, I will absolutely, if it makes sense to move your mortgage, then let's do it. But if it doesn't make sense at the end of the day, and I still could get you a better rate, and the reason I say that is because legal fees, no offense, Josh, yeah, no legal worries. fees, appraisals, that's, there's a cost associated with moving your mortgage. Mm -hmm. But if you're and, saving money that much over an interest rate, who cares? Well, and that's just it, right? If, if there's a large enough gap in the interest rate, absolutely. If there isn't a large enough gap, I will absolutely tell a client, you know what, take this, use it to shop your own bank yeah. right now or credit union or lender so that they will hopefully give you that rate. See, this is the problem I have. I had a renewal up, I think, two years ago, and they sent me the renewal in the mail, and it was a half percent higher than what you got me. Yeah. And it's just like they, they expected me to check out the box, send it back, and more or less rip me off from what a you know a competitive rate is out there. And now I've been asking, how do they really get away with that? Again, they just, they're hoping that... They're preying on the, ignorance? Yeah, and, and that is, that happens all the time. I had, uh, you know, not, not to say the financial institution, but my mortgage was up for renewal last year. 
And with my mortgage being up for renewal last year, the, uh, the individual at the branch called me up and he said, hey, Trev, great news. I can get you a really good rate right now. I said, oh, fantastic. You know, what, what rate is it that you're offering me? And, and he told me what that rate was and I kind of chuckled. And he says, <laughs> you know, what, what's so funny about that? And I said, I, bear with me for one second. I'm just going to sign in to your system and find, out what, and find out what I can offer to a new client. And it, it was staggering to see uh, and jaw-dropping that the rate that that financial institution was allowing me to sell to a new client was so much less than what I was actually being offered on a renewal notice. Um, now, fortunately, I've got a good relationship there. I do do a lot of business with that institution, and they ended up getting me the rate that I could have sold to another customer, but that was me being an informed and educated client and being yeah. a professional in this business. If I would have been somebody else, you know, if, if it would have been my wife involved in the transaction, not myself, she would have thought, hey, yeah. he's telling me I'm getting a great rate. It must be a good rate. Yeah, a lot of times when so, people aren't savvy in the industry, it, yeah. it, it could come all too often. And I think a lot of times people are, think traditionally when they're just thinking your class A institution. Yes. Right? As opposed to, you know. And really it costs nothing to get a second opinion. So why wouldn't you? Well, yeah. I think that's what why we started this podcast is because all of our industries have such a high, no no offense to anyone listening, but yeah. it has such a high level of ignorance to this people, a lot of people get taken advantage of. Yeah. Um, like, and can I just touch on, to because I've moved my mortgage, how easy is it to move your mortgage? It's pretty bloody easy. Absolutely. They're, like, there's this really high misconception that it's so hard to move your mortgage and, oh, I'm with such and such institution and I have to stay. And i got to change my day-to-day banking, everything. You don't have yeah. to change your day-to-day banking no, at nothing all. Nothing at all. Nothing. Like, it's so easy to change it. And you're you're creating a leverage. Well, and the amount of money you can save is staggering, staggering. with the difference of an interest rate. Oh, And the prepayment privileges, porting, quarter, everything. Quarter of a percent over five yeah. years. Well, they tried to go yeah, a half they, percent higher than me. By me checking it off, but yeah. I'm in the well, industry. You phone Trevor. He's like, well, mathematically, crazy. if you look at it, like a quarter of a percent, like one percent on a hundred grand is a thousand bucks. You know, you know, divide that by divide that by four, and you're looking at you know two hundred and fifty dollars. But if if Trevor or a broker can save you every single time over the course of your twenty five year mortgage, mm-hmm. you're saving a boatload of money on a, just a quarter of a percent yeah. um, it's it's quite significant yeah, and that really the, the numbers besides the, the the financial savings you can get I think for me at least dealing with you on a regular basis versus dealing with another client who's buying a house and I gotta get a mortgage right away and we're dealing with this bank all the time versus a mortgage broker the bank a lot of times you know you get a deal at 430 445 you got to send it to them right away please email me back that you got this and well it's the end of the banking day five o'clock's banking day or it's a Friday I'll get back to it on Monday I've got no time in a, in, a, in a deal to get that done, and and I'll call Trevor sometimes at ten thirty at night. Boom, he's answering the phone call, and I'll have it ready for you first thing in the morning. The bank can't do it right away first thing in the morning. Trevor can't technically do it, but he can have it ready to go. So nine a.m. on Monday, sitting there on their desk, it's going. And, and the fact that he's compensated by getting paid by closing a deal and making someone happy versus just doing your nine to five job, right? You That's know, forty point. hours a week, yeah. and you don't get paid any different. Maybe you have quotas. I don't know. I don't care, but. But in real estate, it's it's you got to do it now. It's got to be done now. I need the mortgage now. If you can't, it's going to cost a lot of money for people or potentially, you know, ruin their livelihood and everything. So it's interesting. And I and I think to your point, <clears throat> all of us are here and all of us practice in the same way. We're very client centered, right? Yeah. So I mean, I, I think it's a testament to to Trevin and, 
Well, because ultimately, when that, you're yeah. dealing with, with someone's house or yep. their mortgage or, or closing or RSPs, this is your livelihood. This is for sure. Well, it's the most important thing going on in their life at that yeah, point. Yeah, so say, I got dinner at 5.15, I can't answer the phone call. That's fine. Get back to me. You know, yeah. it, it, we all have lives too, but show some immediacy, you know, and that's what I don't like about certain types of individuals that work for certain industries. And, and, and it doesn't matter what industry you work for, you still have the ability to be available, responsive, available. Mm-hmm. professionalism you know and that's kind of what we're trying to do here i guess yeah so i think uh that's the end of the first podcast because um uh you know we don't sure. want to go all too okay. long so um yeah. everyone thanks very much and uh, we'll have a couple more questions for you uh the next time um take care the podcast super friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers hi i'm Catherine o'brien from branch out programs in baton rouge louisiana I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. Hey, 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 hey. Produced by Crier Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. 